1: Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
2: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics,
3: From the Berkshires to the sound. From wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 83, Rob Parker. What a show
4: we have on tap for you today. We're going to talk with a former NBA champion, Who's the biggest baseball fan going? Eddie House. He'll break down some MLB for us. Also, Fox Sports MLB insider JP Morosi will also drop by. That plus foul or fair and more. Let's go.
3: Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Don't look now, but the Chicago
4: Cubs are red hot. On Wednesday, they completed a three-game sweep of the San Diego Padres, who are a really good team with a 6-1 to win, and now the Cubs have won nine of their last ten games, and uh, they are doing their thing in the NL Central. People thought maybe the Cubs were going The other way after the offseason and some changes and not knowing exactly uh, after they got knocked out of the playoffs a year ago. But here we are, past Memorial Day, and the Cubs are playing good baseball. I mean, 9 out of 10, and beating a team like uh, the Padres, who uh, came to uh, Wrigley Field, says a lot. Javier Baez uh, continues to swing a hot bat.
3: Number two,
4: Vlad Guerrero Jr., you remember, came into the major leagues with a lot of fanfare. People expected him to be the next big thing. Got off to a good start, but then faded. Other young players kind of jumped in and took the spotlight away from him, but that's not the case anymore in Toronto. The first baseman is truly an American League MVP candidate. You ready for this? Tuesday night, Glad saw seven pitches total at the plate and had four hits off of seven pitches, including his 17th home run of the year. And, uh, you know, the crowd uh, at the game in Buffalo chanted uh, MVP, 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 and rightfully so he has been playing lights out baseball And he's turned into that player that a lot of people thought he would be. His dad is a Hall of Famer, and he's playing like one, at least early on in 2021.
3: Number three.
4: Wednesday, June 2nd, was the first inaugural Lou Gehrig Day celebrated by Major League Baseball. It happened on June 2nd, which is significant, both with the date in 1925 that Garrick became the Yankees' starting first baseman and the date in 1941 when he passed away at age 37. Lou Garrick was an unbelievable baseball player. Garrick played for the New York Yankees from 1923 to 1939, a seven-time All-Star Won the World Series six times with the Yankees, triple crown winner in 1934, won an AL batting championship, three-time home run leader in the American League, once hit four home runs in one game back in 1932. He was a Yankee captain from 1935 to 1939, and the Yankees retired as number four. And of course, he got that horrible disease in the prime of his life that wound up being named after him. And everybody knows that Incredible speech he gave at Yankee Stadium when he said, with the big megaphone and everybody listening, that he considered himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Lou Gehrig, a great man and a great honor for baseball.
3: Number four,
4: Arizona Diamondback broadcaster Bob Brenly apologized on Wednesday. Following a comment he made about Mets starter Marcus Stroman's do-rag during a broadcast Tuesday night at Chase Field. That's right. He was trying to be funny, and uh, he wound up saying on the broadcast, quote, I'm sure that's the same do-rag that Tom Seaver used to wear when he pitched for the Mets. It didn't go over well with Stroman, who said it had racial overtones. A do-rag is a the- basically cover your hair or give you waves or hold it down. And so Brenly has apologized. And he said, quote, during last night's game, I made a poor attempt at humor that was insensitive and wrong. Brenly went on to say, quote, I apologize to Marcus Stroman and have reached out directly to share those thoughts. I have had several conversations with the D-backs, and we agreed that seeking sensitivity treatment is an important step so that I can continue to learn from my mistakes in order to be better in the future. End quote. Bravo to Bren Apologize if you didn't mean anything by it. And uh, move on and understand that people are different, and just because someone wears something different, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it.
3: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
1: Oh, it's so good.
4: All right, now let's welcome to the program, and it's kind of fitting because it's NBA playoff season. Let's welcome former NBA guard, Eddie House, who won a championship with the Celtics in 2008. But for people who don't know, played baseball, loves baseball, and loves to talk about it. Thanks for joining the podcast, Eddie.
5: Anytime, brother, you already know.
4: No doubt. All right. Fernando Tatis Jr. was named AL Player of the Month. How much do you enjoy watching this guy uh play baseball?
5: Well, the reason why I enjoy him the most is because he he's a, a new school baseball player. He throws all the old uh unwritten rules out the window. Um he wants to have fun. Um, playing baseball and I think at times you know if you stick with those unwritten rules it can become boring at times you know I like to see some life in baseball I like to see you know guys go back and forth you know Trevor Bauer uh, even applauded him like hey you know what he didn't like the fact that he took a look down at at the sign it looked like but he didn't mind him with the the way he ran around the bases or how he flips the bat is that's, I think that's the new age of baseball. I think it should continue to go that way as long as it's respectful, you know, within the game. Nothing personal, but within the game. Um, I, I think he's great for the game.
4: I agree. I love watching that guy play. If he's on, I'm turning the TV on, you know. i got to see him. Uh, let's talk about your Oakland A's. You grew up in the Bay Area. Ricky Henderson was your favorite player growing up. And the A's yes. look like they're going to win a division again. I mean, uh, you know, they're leading the uh, AL West, but they've had trouble turning that into the playoffs, you know, and, and, and advancing in the playoffs. Is this team any different or is this the same kind of thing that we have been seeing where they're just a regular season
5: team? Man, you know what? This that, That's tough. I mean, you know, history would say that this is who they are. And, you know, me and my pop, we talk all the time about the A's and the reason why they can't get through playoff series and he came up with something he said something to me and it started kind of it resonated and it started making a whole lot of sense we're a team built for the regular season we got guys that play for the regular season we just don't have those superstar postseason think about the times when that postseason of breakout player or a guy a superstar think about the A's teams that were going to world series and that one world series they had those guys they had those game changers one swing of the bat um, a guy to get on base and steal a few bases and, you know, uh, fly, uh, uh fly out to the outfield, a sacrifice fly to the outfield brings him in. Now you're up one nothing. Um, we had really good pitching, which I think the A's always across the board, usually year in and year out, they really have really good pitching and pretty solid defense. To me, it's just having that guy in the lineup that, um, at any given moment can, can break open the game uh, with one swing of the bat. And I think that's what's lacking with the ages has been lacking. We are a regular season team to where we're built for uh, 162 games. You know, I know they're not playing that this year, but was, we're built for that many just regular season, you know, not right. for a lock-in series to where superstars take over. Because you know that, you know, you make your name in the playoffs, not during the regular season. And I mentioned
4: a little bit ago that uh, Ricky Henderson was your favorite player. What was it about Ricky? Obviously, a Hall of Famer, stole a gazillion bases, hit for power, let off games, hit home runs, hit for average. He was a great, great all-around player.
5: Yeah, he was. I mean, I, he was the original uh, in the Bay Area in Oakland. We call uh, we know you pop your collar when you're feeling like you're fresh. When you, oh man, I'm <laughs> right. You know, you get to talk. He's the original collar pop. East did home runs and pop his collar on the way around the bases. Um he just had flair being from Oakland, the Bay Area, um, uh, the way he played, you know, with speed, with power, with pizzazz, with flair, with uh, confidence. Um, you know, he was definitely the reason why I won't play baseball, he was the guy that I look, I gravitated to, it, and I'm like, man, I'm trying to be like him. I want to do everything like him, down to how I ran, how I batted, everything. I, I tried to emulate everything that he did, just um, because I just thought he was great. You know, I, to me, the best baseball, the greatest baseball player to ever play. That's my opinion, and we can argue back and forth. Everybody can and say whatever they want to say, but in my opinion. That's how I feel about it. Um, and I got to watch it up close and personal, you know, my whole life and, and actually get to see games and watch him actually do it live. So um, that that's the thing about Ricky that that just got me, man. It's just the the way he played the game, it was like always 110. You know, uh, he get on base, you can almost book a stolen base.
4: Our guest, former NBA guard and uh, NBA champion, Eddie House, here on the Inside the Parker podcast. Yes, he is a huge baseball fan. We always talk ball all the time. couple more questions I want to ask you, Eddie. And we were just talking about how great uh, Ricky uh, was. Uh, I got a new na- nickname for Shohei Me the Money Otani, who is another <laughs> one. <laughs> you, like that? you like that, Eddie? <laughs> Shohei <laughs> Me the Money Otani because... <laughs> That dude is unbelievable. We've never seen—we haven't had a player in the major leagues like this since Babe Ruth, who could pitch at that L, at that level, uh, hit home runs at that level. Can this guy be the MVP of the American League, even if the Angels don't make the playoffs?
5: Well, if he continues to play the way he does, pitch the way he does, hit the way—I don't see how he couldn't be. You—you you said it. There hasn't been a player since Babe. Whenever you have to put that since. You know, and we're not talking about a two-week span. You know, when people <laughs> say, "Oh, it hasn't been a player that has done this in a month span since, or in a two-week span since, or in three games since." No, when you say that a player hasn't done it in the history of the game since a guy over 100 years ago, you know, Babe Ruth. I mean, or oh, 100 years ago. I mean, I don't know how I, you have to be hating. You have to have to hate greatness. You have to hate to see greatness happening and say, "Man, it's." so sad that that guy's on that team that's that bad but he's that good it would be great to see him on a big stage if he was on the Yankees this will be hands down oh he's the MVP if he was on uh any team, the Dodgers hands down if he was just in the other part of town he's in the wrong part of town out there in Southern California
4: right no doubt all right last thing uh how surprised are you to a Francisco Lindor's struggles in the Big Apple this guy was a you know, on path, and obviously just two months of this season. But to be a Hall of Famer in Cleveland, uh, you and you played in a lot of teams in the NBA. Is there a big difference when you, you know, like for him, sign a big contract, go to the big city? Expectations. Do players do you think put too much pressure on themselves after they sign deals like that?
5: I don't think that that's it. I think once you, either it's two things that happen when players sign deals, and you've seen this covering sports, Rob. It's either that player has to show this is the reason why they gave me that money or they got happy that that's all they wanted to do was get that fat check and their uh, their performance declines. So with me, I'm thinking that you said it first. He was in Cleveland. National League Baseball is different from American League Baseball. Nope. I don't care how anybody wants to spend it. We know baseball is baseball, but, Rob, you know that. National League Baseball is a little different from – American League Baseball, the same way that the Eastern Conference is different from the Western Conference, the NFC at times is different from the AFC. So, I think that that has a, a, a part to play in it. Um, you just seeing and, and and being in the Big Apple, there is a lot of pressure. You know, Cleveland is a small market uh, area. You know, big fish in a, in a in a small pond. To where now, hey, you're a big fish, but there's bigger fish out there, and they'll eat you. And I think. You know, possibly, I don't know this because I don't know the man, maybe the pressures of the big city and having to perform is something that has him overthinking instead of going out there, playing and reacting, that he's out there pressing, trying to impress and show, hey, this is the reason why I was worth this, instead of showing is going out there and playing because that's usually when you play your best ball in whatever sport it is. Is When you're going out there playing, you're not thinking, overthinking things.
4: His name is Eddie House, man. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Love talking baseball with you, Eddie. Appreciate you.
5: No problem, bro. Anytime.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
0: terms and conditions apply.
6: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma,
1: have fun, but then he would treat me like crap.
6: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.
7: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It's time for the Pocket Protector central The analytic numbers you need to know. Well, maybe.
4: Anthony Masterson is his name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony?
8: Well, it's time we talked about Jacob deGrom again. Not only did he toss six shutout innings on Monday to lower ZRA to 0.71, the lowest through eight starts by an NL pitcher since Fernando Valenzuela in 1981, but it was the way he did it that turned heads. He threw a whopping 27 pitches at 100 miles an hour or faster and 10 pitches at 101 or faster, tying the record since things like that were tracked. Those 27 pitches were the most by any starter and third most by any pitcher ever as far back as we can go. He's now thrown 88 pitches at 100 miles per hour or faster this season. Every other starter in the league combined has thrown just 36 pitches at that velocity. In fact, since 2008, or when that kind of tracking began, no starter has thrown more triple digit pitches in a single season than DeGrom has through two months of the 2021 campaign. The closest was his teammate Noah Sindergaard, who threw 52 pitches at 100 miles per hour back in 2016. He also matched the MLB record for most starts, allowing one earned run or fewer to begin a season with eight. Right now, it seems that Cy Young is going to be engraved with DeGrom's name, but who knows, maybe some MVP votes will start coming his way as well with his unprecedented start to the season. And what the
3: That ball is... It was a big week in the big leagues. Who's up? Who's up? I don't believe it! My, oh, my! Is it foul or is it fair? And now, from MLBbro.com, here's J.R. Gamble.
4: Mets starter Marcus Stroman was a subject of what many people feel was a comment with racist undertones when Diamondbacks announcer Bob Brenly commented on Stroman's do-rag, saying it's the same do-rag Tom Seaver wore when he was with the Mets. J.R., is it foul or fair to say that Brenly should apologize to Stroman?
9: Foul. That is a foul ball. As much as I love Strowman and admit that Brenly's comments were more evidence of a cultural disconnect where a mediocre white guy who played in the 80s comments on the fashion choices of a 30-year-old black New Yorker expressing his culture freely within the rules of the game. More so that than being racist. But I found it more comical and entertaining than racist. But social media is all about piling on And once the cat was out of the bag, the black cat, so to speak, and Strowman accused Brentley's comments of being subliminal racism, then that opened the floodgates for an attack. The story switched, and it went from a failed shot at comedy to a knock on black culture and one of the rare black pitchers in the game, who has been performing fantastically, by the way. Yes, he speaks his mind, but Brenly's comments coupled with the confrontation between Stroman and a few Diamondback players gave me an uncomfortable feeling. Here's this guy. He's out here competing his heart out and representing the Mets and a large contingent of baseball fans who would otherwise not even be acknowledging the Mets. And he's not going to back down from anyone. Strowman's a character, a-, a competitor, a story of one kid defying the biggest odds of to make it in the game. A dude like that is going to have an edge. He's exactly what the game needs, and he's an MLB bro. So no, Brenly shouldn't have to apologize, but yes, he needs to get educated on why Strowman wears the durag in the first place. It's not the end of the world, but it's the end of Brenly's jokes at the expense of the players of color that he covers.
3: Turn money into more money. Now it's time for betting on the bases with Dave Gascon.
10: Love that money. Love
9: that money.
10: Rob, what's up, man? We'll look at things on a Friday as we get into the weekend. Dodgers and Braves in the ATL. Julio Arias is going for Los Angeles in this one, and that is why I like the Dodgers, for two different reasons. One, Arias has been fantastic this season. You can look at Walker Buehler, of course, Trevor Bauer, even Clayton Kershaw, but Arias has been superb. 7-2 record, 361 ERA, and that's despite the fact that he was roughed up in his last outing against the San Francisco Giants, where he went five innings and got tagged up a little bit. But I look for him to bounce back I'm taking the Dodgers on the money line to win this one in Atlanta. Red Sox and Yankees also going to get things underway from the Bronx. I'm taking the over in this ballgame just because the offensive firepower is evident for both teams. The pitching has not been stellar. I like the over in this heated matchup between American League East rivals. The other one I do like, Milwaukee Brewers. Biggest reason for this is not because of what they do, but it's because of what Arizona cannot do. One of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. Brett Anderson versus Matt Peacock in the pitching matchup. I am taking the Milwaukee Brewers at home an American family feel for the win in that affair. That's it. I'm out.
3: Take out the papers in the trash. Yeah. It's time for Trash Talk Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. Your chance to trash anyone or anything in Major League Baseball.
4: This week's trash comes from at the gunner. He tweets at me I'm trashing the Mets for not being able to ever score. For DeGrom! (laughs) And you know what? At the gunner is right. It is unbelievable how the Mets bats don't work whenever Jacob DeGrom is on the mound. This guy has been unbelievable. ERA under one, and yet it's hard for him to get wins. If you want your tweet to get uh, on the podcast, hit me up at Rob Parker FS1. And, yes, you can trash anything, anyone in the world of baseball.
3: When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. All right, now let's welcome
4: into the program John Paul Morosi, of course, Fox MLB insider. John Paul, welcome to the podcast.
11: Rob, I am doing great, my friend. Hope you are doing well, too. What a great time of year. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and, of course, Major League Baseball. Love this time of year, my friend. No doubt about it. Tell
4: me, you know what? I'm still scratching my head about the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they keep getting rid of stud pitchers, right? And they just keep winning. They won an unbelievable streak of 16 out of 17. How are they doing it? What am I missing, and why are they this good? Well,
11: Rob, it's a great question. And what I would say is this. The Rays have been very adept at at the committee approach to pitching. But it only works when they have a tremendous ace leading the way. And right now that ace is, is Tyler Glass now. His stuff is some of the best in baseball. And we talk so much. Really, they were ahead of their time with the opener, of course. But, Rob, let's not forget what happened when they started the opener. They had Blake Snell as a Cy Young Award winner. He is what made the whole thing work. And now you have the ability to balance things out with Glass now pitching great. And now Rich Hill. Rich Hill, 41 years young, my friend, from the University of Michigan, the American League Pitcher of the Month in May. Uh, His curveball breaking pitch is shaped in different ways. He has found the fountain of youth. The Rays are like a pitching laboratory, Rob. They're, They're a pitching graduate school with great ideas coming in and out, and they find a way to get every single pitcher, every player to his absolute peak.
4: No doubt about it. It's been amazing. Let's talk about uh, somebody else who's come over to uh, the Blue Jays and has blossomed and had a fantastic uh, year. Marcus Simeon, their second baseman, who moved over from shortstop, was just named the Player of the Month of May, uh what a nice pickup for the Blue Jays and boys he's playing well.
11: What a great player, what a great person Robbie. Someone who of course had played his college baseball at uh, Cal Berkeley, incredible student, great student athlete and really went on to have a tremendous career in Oakland and the market was a little difficult I think for him. So many other middle infielders either available this past winter or coming up next winter so teams weren't totally comfortable locking themselves into a lot of long-term commitments right now. The Marcus Simeon was one of the very best signings of any team this past winter. And I think, Rob, you think, you think about the, the adaptability of a player who's a marquee free agent, someone who's been a star-level player for a long time in this game, to sign with a new team and say, yeah, I'll move to a different position out of respect to a younger player in Bo Bichette, and now he comes out and hits the way that he has. I love this story, Rob, because Marcus Simeon is a great teammate. He's really set a good example in that respect, and you love it when great things happen to great people. Marcus Semien, great guy, tremendous ambassador for the sport, and has really taken his game to the next level in Toronto. And what is one of the best lineups in the game when you think about what Vlad Jr. has been doing? Teoscar hey, Hernandez back in the mix as well. I love what the Jays are doing. It's just a very tough division right now, Rob the American League East right now.
4: Our guest is uh, John Paul Morosi, of course, Fox MLB insider, and and JP. Let me ask you about the White Sox. You know, they had the controversy with Tony La Russa, but they've won seven of their last 10 games uh, going into Wednesday, and, you know, they're still leading in the AL Central. Have they weathered the storm throughout that little controversy uh, that was following Tony La Russa?
11: I think they have, Rob. This is the best team in the American League Central, full stop. The Twins have tumbled back. They're now a second-division team. Uh, actually, we're seeing the Tigers play pretty good baseball of late. How about that sweep for the Tigers or the Yankees? But in general, the American League Central, the class of this division right now, clearly is the White Sox. That's pretty high praise when you consider that they are now without Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, two-thirds of a dynamic outfield so maybe we'll see them make a move at the deadline, but as, as you and I heard Jim Leland say many times, talent wins, and I'll take talent. Well, Tony La right now has the most talented team in the AL Central, and while that was the possibility of a distraction, you have a lot of highly motivated players who I really think maybe on some level they've benefited from, the, from what Tony La brings to a club earlier on in the season, but Jose Abreu is motivated because of who he is as a person. Tim Anderson, self-motivated person. These players did not need the extrinsic motivation of whatever was going on with Larusa and Yarmine Mercedes. They are great players because they are great players, and they're motivated to win a World Series championship. They know how great they can be as a group, and especially with the pitching like they've got it right now with Lynn and Keiko and that group and Giolito. They've got plenty of pitching to carry them. So this team is going to win the division, Rob. I am almost certain of that here in 2021.
4: Speaking of winning the division, the NL West got to be the best division in baseball. The Giants have the best record in the National League, second best in baseball. And you look at the Giants with 34 wins, Padres with 34 wins, Dodgers with 32. This is all coming into uh, Wednesday's action. Uh, Who's going to win that division? Because I picked the Padres to win it. The Dodgers are still hanging in despite all the injuries. They're going to get those guys back. But the Giants, you know what? They're still winning.
11: Well, if you're going to ask me today, Rob, and I probably would have picked, I did pick during spring training to still have the Dodgers as the champion out there, but I look at the Padres right now, and one thing I really like about what's happened to their club this season is they have already had to weather some adversity. Tatis was out for a period of time and at times has has struggled defensively. They were able to weather that. Uh, Machado at times has dealt with some physical stuff but he has been there still. And you've seen players stepping up like Trent Grisham, like Jake Cronenworth. Will Myers has been important at different times. Eric Hosmer has been crucial at different times. It's been a committee approach. And so when I see a team that that has had to draw on different players to really have a key responsibility for various stretches of the season, I look at that and say when you're in October and one, when one guy is getting pitched around – or one guy's in an 0-17 stretch in the series in October, and there's panic, you have enough depth to weather that storm. The Padres are showing me that. The Dodgers, of course, we know they've got it, but, Rob, there's so many things going on there. Seager's been out. Bellinger's been out for a while. Mookie Betts, uh, I think, is dealing with some injuries too early on in the season. The second half of the Dodger lineup right now, Rob, is not as good as it has been in the past. And I think that, that lack of overall lineup depth in the end – will swing this division in San Diego's favor.
4: Speaking of the Dodgers and them, how shocked were you that they picked up Albert Pujols? They obviously told Albert that this wasn't about chasing numbers or anything like that, you know, that that they could use him and and have a right-handed bat and there'd be some matchups and situations for him to get some swings. How surprised at how well he's done so far and, and him fitting with the Dodgers for the rest of the season?
11: Well, Rob, I was surprised at the initial signing. I, I didn't think he was going to sign with an NL team. But the more that I heard about what the plan was and Albert buying into it, the more sense it made. And I really think that for a player of Albert's pedigree, caliber, and character, clarity of communication was crucial. And I think that with the Angels, it had gotten complicated, whether it was the emergence of Walsh and Otani's that bats, et cetera. With the Dodgers, it's very simple. Hey, Albert, you're going to play first base against lefties. We're going to pinch hit you. In a DH situation, you're going to play. You may play against some righties, depending on how things play out with Muncie. And they've been true to their word. It also helps them from Albert's standpoint. He has one of his best friends in the world, Placido Polanco, whom you and I both know well from Detroit. Uh, He's in the Dodger front office. And I think there was a lot of familiarity there that helped him out in a big way. So I, I really admire... Albert's willingness to take on a new challenge, the way the Dodgers clearly articulated what the role was going to be. And so when you give a great player clear expectations about what his role is going to be and what has to be done to have success, he's done it. So I really give Albert a ton of credit the Dodgers too. And it's been fun to watch him contributing in a very unique role that's become very consistent for him. So good on him, good on the Dodgers as well. All
4: right, his name is John Paul Morosi Fox. MLB insider, one of the best in the business, a friend of mine. Always great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. We'll see you uh, down the road on, at a ballpark. You know that.
11: It sounds great, Rob. This reminds me of the conversation we had working alongside one a couple summers ago. That was a great summer, a great week. Being side by side, let's hope we can
1: do it again soon. No doubt. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
6: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma,
1: we have fun but then he would treat me like crap
6: listen to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio radio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts trust me you won't want to miss this one
2: i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but
10: same old. oh yeah
2: and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
3: right, right, right. up! It's Jones in for baseball.
12: Powerball.
3: A fan's take on the game we love.
1: You're
12: out. Hello everyone, this is Jones, MLB Bro Content Reporter. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. Undoubtedly, Shohei Ohtani was the opening act to start the season, but now the man of the hour, the headliner is here and he's styling on him. See, I ain't even had to say no names. You knew I was talking about Fernando Tatis. When COVID and nagging shoulder issues tried to double-team him, he split through that double like Kyrie. Speaking of splits, he even broke out the splits to avoid getting hit by a pitch. He climbed to the top of the home run leaderboards like Peter Parker while having 36 less at-bats than Acuna, 38 less than Garcia from the Rangers, and 49 less than Vlady Jr. It's not just power, though. He has a 299 batting average, a 383 on-base percentage, and a 1.09 OPS. In other words, he hit like Tyson. On the base pass, he's a menace, some like Dennis. He already has 12 stolen bases, which ranks second in the majors. He even got caught in a rundown and was able to get up out of it with a euro step that would make Ginobili say, Yo, there isn't another player in the majors, in my opinion, that brings the same electricity through the TV screen. He's an everyday spectacle.
4: In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out.
3: He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.